Hello and welcome to Catholic Bites, a podcast for busy Catholics. This is Father Conrad, and we're blessed to have a guest with us today. Um, from all the way from the Diocese of Charleston, South Carolina, we have Father Jeff Kirby on the phone. Uh, Father Kirby, welcome to Catholic Bites. Thank you, Father. It's good to be on the show. Yeah, no, it's great to have you. And you are um, a moral theologian, and we're going to talk a little bit today about happiness, specifically about the Beatitudes, which... You know, everyone who has gone to church hopefully has heard the Beatitudes multiple times in their life. But, you know, each one starts, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek, etc. What is, what is, uh, how do we, how do we see happiness uh, coming through the Beatitudes? Yeah, I, I'm so glad you asked that question because I think, you know, oftentimes when we say in our catechesis and our teaching that, that we were created for happiness, you know, m- most people kind of, you know, give that, uh, that kind of, uh, pale look, you know, uh, because uh, oftentimes, you know, the, the average person might look and say, wait a minute, how could you possibly say that we were created for happiness when there's, you know, suffering and illness and disappointment mm. and broken hearts? Like, how, how can you possibly say that we were created for happiness when it appears as if there's just so much misery and, and, and sorrow in the world? And, and that's a great question. I love questions like that. And, and this book really much, uh, definitely, the, the questions of the Beatitudes uh, definitely um, dives into uh, this whole uh, uh, question. Because I would argue, and, and, and the Beatitudes show us, that what we've done is taken God's promise and we inverted, we redefined some words. For example, happiness. So if we'd ask the average person, what is happiness? Uh, I, I guess if they were to equate their answers, most of them would say perhaps pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Uh- Good, good feelings, really, really powerful feelings. Or... Yes, yes, it's like euphoria and so on, exactly. And, 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 and that is not how the scriptures or the Beatitudes uh, define um, happiness. In fact, we know that happiness in, in a fallen world, our, our world, of course, we know is fallen, uh, that happiness uh, cannot be achieved or, or, or lived without suffering. And so I think the first task that the Beatitudes uh, can accomplish within each of our hearts is it, it helps us to re-understand what happiness truly is, like what, mm. how the scriptures explain happiness. And, and, and we know happiness is, is ultimately knowing that we are good and we are loved, that we can uh, be instruments of goodness uh, mm-hmm. and uh, receive that goodness uh, from the instrumentality, from the, 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 the outreach of others. So very much I think that the Beatitudes can reorient us in a very important part of our life. Yeah, and it, it seems like that we need that inoculation from the world's view of happiness. You know, that, that, that happiness seems to be kind of cheap and, and, and shallow in a certain sense. You know, it's there for a little bit, but when something bad happens, it, it just flies away. And we begin to think of ourselves as totally just, you know, uh, left alone. Yeah, very selfish. I mean, the, the, the really tragic part is if you were to take the contemporary definition of, of happiness, it could almost be an exact definition of narcissism oh yeah means i get my way happiness means you have to make me happy uh, and this is a very small world that's uh, very self-centered uh, and, and and certainly not one that's going to bring true happiness well so then how does how does how do the beatitudes as, as christ teaches them in the sermon on the mount how do they show us this different picture of happiness yes yeah, so walking us through uh, eight very uh, real steps uh, they walk us uh, and begin to slowly unmask each of you know the false definitions of happiness. So, for example, the first beatitude, you know, the poor in spirit. Uh, the, 
the first thing we have to do if we really want to pursue the life of happiness is to acknowledge that we cannot give happiness to ourselves, nor can anyone else, any other human being, give us happiness. And so that can be very startling to most contemporary people. The, real, the realization that we have to approach this question of happiness and the reality of God with empty hands. I am poor in spirit. I do not have a wealth. I do not have what I need. I am not good enough in order to achieve and to receive this thing that I'm desiring. And so this total and radical, to the core, existential, from the heart declaration that I have nothing. I am mm. poverty, uh, stricken with poverty of soul. I mean, that... That's a profound moment of conversion that begins the path to happiness because now with that realization, we're looking to the one, God alone, who can give us happiness, right? So already the Beatitudes are directing us, correcting us, guiding us just by that very first Beatitude. Then the second Beatitude is the acknowledgement of our sinfulness. You know, the blessed are they who are sorrowful. And, and, And here we know that the Lord is speaking not simply of those who grieve the loss of a loved one, but more broadly, because the Beatitudes are a summary of the Old Testament, the wisdom Mm. of the Old Testament. We can go back to the Old Testament and see the exact context in which the Lord is teaching. And we know from that context that, you know, the the sorrowful are those who are grieving over sin. So, first step is we acknowledge, Lord, I need you. I can't do this by myself. And then the second is, Lord, I am unworthy. Lord, I have sinned. I have chosen passing things over eternal things. I have chosen ugly things over beauty. And then, of course, that leads us then to the recognition uh, of where we are, our place, this meekness. And we mm-hmm. ask the Lord, where, where do we fit in your kingdom? What is our responsibility? And then that leads us to the fourth beatitude, which is the hunger and thirst for righteousness. And I want to point out that those first four beatitudes very much have the, uh, its focus, their focus, on getting our heart right. Yeah. Powerful is the Beatitudes shift after the fourth Beatitude, and now it's not about getting our heart right, it's about being an instrument of helping others to get their hearts right. So the fifth Beatitude takes us to mercy, and, mm-hmm. the, and, and the Beatitudes continue to move. So uh, in that just brief summary, we see the, what the Beatitudes are doing in order to uh, correct our hearts, reorder our hearts, and show us what happiness is and the real path to get there. So I think that's a, it's an interesting focus on happiness because you might talk to uh, Catholics of a certain generation or, or people who were formed earlier, and the the understanding is like, even though the Baltimore Catechism said, you know, my purpose was to be happy, it was to be happy with God in the next life. You know, this life was kind of a judge, drudgery. And uh, and happiness wasn't kind of it was more obedience, which was the 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 main kind of point, as opposed to to blessedness or happiness. How it's it's interesting that focusing more on the beatitudes leads us towards a, a, a much more joyful picture of the Christian life, as opposed to just kind of getting through these commandments until I get to heaven and then I'll be happy. Amen, amen. In fact, I, I love uh, Saint Paul when he's writing. He, you know, Paul says that he'd rather be in heaven, but the Lord has him here. And his task is to do the work of God here. And of course, the Lord promised us the abundant life. And he wasn't simply speaking about eternity, but also a participation in some form of that happiness, that beatitude here on earth. I mean, the spiritual writers tell us that when we live the way of the beatitudes, we participate already on earth. It's kind of like appetizers of Mm -hmm. the full banquet that awaits for us in heaven. So very much that we can have this joy and feel 
uh, the, these blessings that God desires to give to us, even here on earth. Like, you know, even in the midst of misery and suffering, uh, happiness is still possible uh, for the person who is cooperating with God's grace and following the Beatitudes. Uh, one of our spiritual writers, Teresa Vava, she said, you know, the, the king could be sitting peacefully in his throne room while his military is engaged in battle at the borders. Mm. And I think that's so important that we realize that suffering and hardship is going to come. We're not talking about health and wealth and easy street here. Like we're talking mm-hmm. about all the hardship of life and the fallen world are still going to happen. But what are we going to let them do to us? And where are our expectations? The realization that happiness comes from above and from God alone definitely directs where even the hardships, rather than leading us to bitterness and self-pity uh, and resentment, can actually become themselves even means that greater happiness. Yeah, and, and, and happiness, like that true happiness, knowing that we're God's, knowing that he, he, his love for us is eternal, knowing that, that we belong to him, you know, that, that true happiness deepens our soul in a certain sense so that passing the sorrows and passing trials and, and everyday tempests, you know, they don't disturb us. I, I was like the example of someone told me once that, that deep prayer and focusing on the Lord makes our, our hearts, which were kind of like a ship being tossed around by the waves, it makes our hearts into, into a submarine that can kind of uh, withstand any storm because it, it kind of goes deeper and beneath it. And it seems like the, you know, the, the Beatitudes are focusing on that kind of real tangible happiness that, that endures, a joy that endures even in the midst of, of any sorrow. Yes, and, and I think that message has to, especially within the Christian community, uh, and then even this can apply to people of goodwill to some extent, uh, that, that message um, has to be given because we, we see in our world today a massive opioid epidemic. We see mm. suicide rates through the roof, divorce rates uh, at, at unprecedented levels. And all this, I would argue, is because we have misdefined what happiness is and because yeah. people are pursuing the wrong path and then when they don't get it people get married and they tell their spouse you're supposed to make me happy <laughs> mm. no one can make anyone else <laughs> happy in this life you know no human yeah. being you know uh and then within a couple of years the marriage implodes because well that expectation is not being fulfilled and the person feels somehow cheated right or the people who are just so overwhelmed by the constant misery and the sorrow of life or by false promises which were redefined promises and then find themselves addicted to prescription drugs or to illegal drugs and so on. Like, and of course, those who, who take their own lives, which, um, you know, as a priest, I've, I've seen way too many suicides. Mm. And it's like, how has this happened in the most prosperous, uh, powerful country in the world when you know, we go to the foreign missions and they have nothing and we see, see such tremendous joy, right? Yeah, yeah. People try to say, well, happiness is if we just get the socioeconomic right. No, 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 we can go to complete poverty and find a joy that we never thought possible. Uh, because in those areas, they know that that happiness comes from God alone. Yeah. Well, so one final question, and, and I guess you kind of have answered this a little bit, but what would you say to someone who's, who, who reads the Beatitudes and says, well, this is just too darn hard for me. Like, isn't this just what monks and nuns do? You know, like, how, how can I really be mournful? How can I really be poor of spirit? You know, I, it seems like something that might be too, too extreme or too, too much for the average Catholic. Yes, and, and at first, whenever anybody says, I read the Beatitudes, and wow, that's a tall order, I'm like, amen, right? <laughs> <laughs> we 
do not want to minimize uh, you know, the level of, of, of self-sacrifice, uh, but the realization that when they are lived, you know, even in the midst of, of our faults and, and we're going to fall down, we're going to have to try to get, get back up. But, you know, in the struggle, in this path to live this, uh, it's worth it. Like, um, because, mm. you know, in the end, um, it's going to be the struggle and the fight for this happiness that allows us not only to have that happiness here, but eventually, yes, to have it forever uh, in eternal beatitude. So I think the promise of heaven encourages us. I think also the workings of God's grace See, the more we acknowledge what we cannot do, the more God will ab- be able to do in us. And that definitely is a lesson of the Beatitudes. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Father Kirby. And if you want to know more about the Beatitudes, uh, besides reading the Beatitudes themselves in, uh, in the Gospel, uh, why don't you check out Father Kirby's got a book on the topic, Kingdom of Happiness, Living the Beatitudes in Everyday Life. And it's pretty straightforward and, uh, and to the point and helpful for all of us to kind of live those Beatitudes, that happiness, that true happiness that we've been talking about. Father Kirby, thank you so much for joining us. Father, take care. Of course. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you'd like to find more of our podcasts, you can check us out at catholicbytespodcast.com or on Apple Podcasts. Thank you and God bless you.